Did you know that we're exposed to thousands of commercial messages every day? And are you aware that consumers tend to trust what influencers say about brands much more than what brands say about themselves? When brands need to cut through the noise and reach consumers, influencer channels offer an unrivaled space to create genuine, meaningful dialogue and connect directly with consumers on their terms. Welcome to Influencer Marketing Talks, a podcast brought to you by Cure Media, a leading influencer marketing company for fashion brands. This is your weekly podcast to understand more about influencer marketing and why it's such a powerful channel when it comes to building trust in your target group. Every Wednesday, we'll cover topics such as how to build a successful influencer marketing strategy, how to measure the effects, the role of influencer marketing in the overall media mix, and of course, the latest trends and insights on what's up in the influencer marketing and social media sphere. And we know you're busy, so every episode is right around 15 minutes. Perfect to tune into on your morning walk, during your morning routine, or on your way to and from work. Join us and our expert guests to stay up to date and take your marketing strategy to the next level with influencer marketing. The world's fastest growing marketing method. I'm Sana Oudmark. And I'm Frida Ekholm. And this is Influencer Marketing Talks. Hi and welcome to Influencer Marketing Talks, a podcast brought to you by Cure Media, the leading influencer marketing company for fashion brands. This is your weekly podcast to learn more about influencer marketing and social media in right around 15 minutes. I'm Sana Oudmark. And I'm Frida Ekholm. And in today's episode, we're going to talk about three common mistakes when working with influencer marketing and, of course, what you should do to avoid them. Okay, so we used to like talking about what you should do, but sometimes it's necessary also to talk about what you shouldn't do. And just to make it clear, there's not necessarily a right or wrong here. Nothing is either black or white. But there are a couple of mistakes that we see that many brands do today and that we basically want to help you avoid to get the most out of your investment and to make sure influence marketing gives you the maximum results. So Frida, are you ready to go through the three common mistakes that we see in influence marketing? I am ready. Great. Let's do it. <laughs> so for the first mistake, uh, which is to think short term and have a campaign based approach to your influence marketing. So a key part of this uh, mistake or problem today is that the industry current currently takes a very short term view on influence marketing. Many companies use it for uh, seasonal campaigns or one-offs for a few days or just a few weeks, maybe. Yeah. And we've all seen those campaigns and then it's suddenly just over. It's like a beautiful firework and then it's just a pitch black sky. Yeah, that's a quite common question nowadays when we are approaching Black Friday and eventually Christmas seasons like... 
what campaign should we do to get the maximum results or to stand out from the crowd? And the answer is really simple. Like you should not only do one single Black Friday campaign or a Christmas campaign, you should work the whole year. But but yeah, we will come to that. So if you were to summarize, Rita, what is it that makes this such a mistake? And what would you say brands are missing out on when they do these short campaigns or single campaigns, one-offs? Yes. So if you've listened to our previous episode, for example, Always On, uh, you know that the strength of influencer marketing is in the ability to communicate with your target audience through people that they trust, relate and that they rely on. This relationship forms the foundation where you can articulate your brand message and really stand out from the crowd. So it takes time. It's like every other relationship you have. You can't just pop in whenever you need something. No, or or some people do, but yeah. <laughs> it's not, not as efficient in the long term. Yeah, And as you say, it's like any other relationship. It's like a love relationship, a friendship or whatever, because a short relationship, no matter if we're talking about influence marketing or a friendship, will mean that any effect from the activity will be very short term as well. Like you get the result that you put in. If you put in little time and little Effort. investment, yeah, <laughs> then you will. You can't expect the big results. No, that's true. Uh, Sana, can you give us an example of this? Yeah, sure. So, so as we said before, we are approaching a couple of big seasons for retailers and for fashion brands. And a very common scenario that we see today is that you do a couple of campaigns per year, like connected to seasonal happenings. It can be midsummer, like here in Sweden, but it can also be Christmas, Black Friday, um, sales after the new year, um, things like that. And it's very common today, although it's a very old fashioned way of working. And I think it comes from the times when we still worked very traditionally with PR and according to these seasonal sales cycles. But younger generations today, they aren't steered so much by these traditional cycles or seasons. They are acting more always on in their behavior as well. So as a brand, you need to adapt to that and be always on as well. So if you want to be able to stand out from the crowd and compete with all these fast-growing digital native companies with a continuous presence, you need to change your approach to always on. Many digital natives brands are there always on. They are, constantly. And the upside of that when doing always on, you give yourself the opportunity to evaluate over time and to improve over time. Because if you do it campaign-based, short-term, you will have one chance to succeed um, and you will have a hard time to measure the results and it will be very hard to optimize it as you can't see any connections between different events. And you have nothing to improve either because you've already done your campaign, it's over and then you have to wait until the next big shot instead of just fine-tuning, optimizing like you would do with any other digital marketing campaign today. Yeah, yeah. And good to add here is that when your campaign has started and the influencers you collaborate with have published maybe a few posts, it's easy to believe that there will be a mega success <laughs> at once. Like yeah. like the firework, everybody will stand there and like, wow, admire yes. your, <laughs> your, your campaign. 
<laughs> yeah, and sometimes that happens. Like, yeah. of course, if you do a really big discount, of course, people will buy from you because we're always looking for a good price. But this often lasts very short and sometimes you don't see it at all because sometimes the price is not what the customer is looking for if you're not the right brand that they want to identify with. Um, so, so yeah, sometimes you can expect big results right away, but sometimes you need to wait for it and have patience yeah. to see the big results over time. Yeah. And then what happens after, even if you see good results, then it's just quiet from your, from your brand. And then the customers probably will choose another brand because yeah. you're not top of mind. Exactly. We're not that loyal today. <laughs> no. Not always, no. at least. So to summarize, uh, we at Cure Media recommend that you have uh, at least a six to 12 month plan for how to uh, work with your influencer marketing. Um, and the always on approach should go over years, preferably. Yeah. yeah. And this takes us to the next mistake to avoid. Sana, do you want to go for it? Sure. Number two. One of the most common mistakes that we see is to not use the data that you have at hand or to only use it in the early stages. And I would say that data-driven marketing is such a buzzword today and so it is also in the influence marketing space. Everyone says they are data-driven and that they let the data drive their decisions. But yeah, it's, it's uh, not all brands and agencies that are that data-driven, I would say. Um, but yeah, it's getting more and more common to understand the importance of target audience data for your influence marketing. We know that if we want to reach women between 25, 35 living in London, we should look at the followers' data to make sure that this reflects this. But still, I would say that many marketeers find it difficult to use the data at the latter stages. Yeah, so, but why is this a mistake to only use data in the beginning of your influencer marketing, for example, with the target audience data? Yeah, that's a great question. I mean, it's it's very important to use data at the early stages as well, but that's only like half of the thing. So the other thing is the optimization stage. It is here that you can really optimize and maximize the effect and reach the big results using data. So for example, of course, it's from the beginning super important to know which numbers to look after at a completed campaign in order to be able to evaluate, like which goals do you have, which KPIs should you look at, what do you want to achieve so that you can measure according to that. But also to be able to, at the optimization stage, let the data tell you what you should continue doing and what you should stop doing. So for example, you can see that some influencers perform very well according to your KPIs, while some don't, even though they look great at the first stage, they have the right audience data, everything is in place, something is not right anyways, because they don't perform um, against your KPIs. So here it's important to use the data and to change the influencers that don't perform and to find more look-alike influencers or audiences that look similar to the ones that perform um, and adjust your influencer mix to reflect that. Yeah. 
And if you take help by an influencer marketing agency, this kind of data, historical data, is something that they already have in their yeah, in the system, in the loop. So they can see if you, for example, a fashion brand uh, targeting against a specific target audience, then they can most likely use data from other fashion brands with the same target audience to see which influencers uh, worked good for them and see if they can find similar. Yeah, to find the synergies. That's super important. Yeah. And as you said, Sana, this is also good proof of why short-term approach will not make you get the best result out of this channel. Um, it's like going to the gym once and then coming <laughs> home, looking in the mirror and wonder like, why am I not seeing outstanding results? Been there, done that. Yeah. <laughs> so you need to go in the gym over time. You can do the same workouts every time. You need to train, eat well, optimize yeah. in order to become the best version of yourself. It sounds like a cliche, but, but it isn't. True. No, it's so true. Yeah. Exactly the same thing. And also, I mean, it's so many things you can optimize using the data. It's not only the influencer. It's yeah. also the content types, the formats. You can see um, which types of platforms your audience engage most with. Or like, is it on Reels or is it in Stories or is it in the feed on Instagram? Yeah. And adapt your strategy based on that moving forward. Yeah. So to summarize, um, it's in the later stages of your campaigns that you really can maximize the effect and reach the big results. And as we said before, long-term thinking, continuity are two of the keys to successful results. We have one more big mistake left to go through. Frida, do you want to start? Yes. So the third mistake to avoid is to look at influence marketing as a silo. And according to our recent research, only 30% of CMOs and B2C brands say that they can collect accurate ROI data from influencer activity. So this makes a huge problem and not meant to castigate marketers because measuring the effect of influencer marketing can be extremely tricky. Yeah, that's a big challenge for many. Yeah. And the mistake that many marketers make today is that they only measure the direct effects of their influencer marketing activations. So in other words, uh, direct sales from a code or unique link or the last click report in Google Analytics. Yeah. And just to compare these numbers, so 30%, as you said, can accurately collect ROI data from influencers. That's to compare with, for example, social media and paid search in the survey which had much higher numbers like 70 or 80 percent think they know how to measure that those channels so this really shows how how more tricky it is to measure the ROI in influence marketing than other channels and but it's possible it is definitely you just need to be a bit creative and look beyond the most obvious results and the vanity metrics Because the truth is that we have seen in our campaigns and in our data is a significant part of the results from influence marketing is generated through other channels such as organic search, paid search, direct traffic, etc. So the total sales uplift from influence marketing is often a lot higher than marketers realize and also the branding value. Yeah. So a good example that uh, you talked about in our on-demand webinar that is up right now um, 
is that if you scroll on your phone and you see an influencer post with a really good looking dress that you really want, but then you're like, okay, my lunch is over at work. I gotta go <laughs> so back. No time to shop. Yes. And then later on, uh, when you come home, you go to your computer, maybe your phone, and you Google for this dress and the brand. Mm. And then you click on the Google results. Yeah, exactly. Then that purchase will look like it comes from Google rather than from an influencer activity. Yeah. So can you spill us the tea, Sana? What's the do to the don't? Yeah, it's, it's to measure influencer marketing right, to to be able to to increase these 30% that we can see today uh, among marketers. You need to have a holistic understanding and look at the big picture. You cannot measure channels in silos and that holds for every marketing channel. You can't look at only um, social media per se, only influence marketing per se. You need to connect the dots uh, otherwise you will miss out on important insights because yeah as you say it's not only the direct results that counts you need to dig deeper and look into your google analytics a lot and again remember it takes time as we said before don't give up if the channel does not give you the results after just one or two months it takes time to build up a presence and to build this trust in your audience. So you need to be in it for the long run and you need to have a long-term approach. So we're running out of time for this episode. And to summarize, you need to think long-term and have an always-on approach to influencer marketing. You should use data, not only in the beginning, but throughout your whole influencer marketing effort use this to optimize and improve and also look at the big picture and avoid seeing the channel as a silo yes and this takes us to the end of another episode of influencer marketing talks make sure you follow us on our social media platforms at cure media to continue the conversation there and we're also on twitter now so you can also check that out and start to connecting with us there it's quite a new channel for us but we're so exciting to see Twitter holds. And also, if you like the podcast, give us a rating in Apple Podcasts or your favorite podcasting app. That would make us so happy. <laughs>